is up, everybody, and welcome to Telgate Talks, powered by the nation. You're listening to episode 172. Today is Wednesday, January 11th. I'm your host, Brooks Barrett, and joining me always, my guy, Dustin Wimmer. Uh, This week, we will be breaking down a little bit of Texas Tech football news that came across the Twitter timeline over the last couple days. And we'll unfortunately be diving into what has been a rough stretch for the Texas Tech Red Raiders basketball team uh, as they have moved to 0-4 in conference play for a game losing streak. Not good there, so we'll dive into that, let you know our thoughts and everything. But to catch everything we're doing here at Telgate Talks, you've got to follow the Telgate Follow us on Apple. Follow us on Spotify. Give us those five-star ratings. Five stars for the tailgate. And also, if you listen to us on Apple, write us a nice little review. We always appreciate those. Also, follow our social media accounts. We are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks, but we also have an Instagram and a Facebook. Also, give our YouTube channel a follow where we're posting clips from each week's episodes for you there. Uh, So subscribe to the channel to catch all those videos that we're dropping. Uh, And lastly, if you have anything to add to the tailgate, you can email us at tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So with all of that said, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode. We're going to start this thing off right. Well, Dustin, the football season is over, but the football news is coming across our Twitter timelines. Yesterday, uh, the news crossed that uh, Texas Tech wide receiver coach Emmett Jones was heading to Oklahoma, um, that he was leaving and out of here. And if you know anything about um, receiver coaches, he is one of the most respected receiver coaches in all of college football. Uh, thus leading to a bunch of Texas Tech wide receivers tweeting out uh, very anonymous tweets with you know emojis and not really sure what the whole thing was there, but that was definitely some big news. And to lose him to Oklahoma of all places never feels good. So Dustin, just kind of what were your thoughts uh, on Emmett Jones' departure and him heading up to Norman? Yeah, that's a bummer and kind of a loss to your team to lose an experienced coach like he is. And like, you know, Joey McGuire likes his high school guys. He's a former South Oak Cliff high school head coach, yeah. former Dallas area head coach. So that's right up Joey McGuire's alley. And then his second stint here at Texas Tech as receivers coach, passing game coordinator. But I always thought he was a really good eye for talent and not necessarily yeah. like, oh, yeah, this four and five star. Well, yeah, no kidding. But like he's able to find the two and three star guys, and and then his just player development, I thought was always good. Relationships seemed great. Player development seemed really really good through the Cliff years and his year here. Um, so yeah, definitely a loss. But I mean, moving up a little bit to Oklahoma and going to the SEC is definitely a upgrade. So you can't blame him. So that's good for him. Just you know, I mean, think of his path. You know, ten years removed from. South Oak Cliff head coach to now <laughs> almost like yeah. one step, you know, one step down from being an offense coordinator at a primary 
big time job. So good for yeah. you. Yeah. Tech to Kansas to Tech to Oklahoma. That's uh, yeah, that's pretty good. It's not bad. Um, but you know, if you look at it kind of from the receiver standpoint of it, um, you know, your receivers weren't super amazing for you this last year. You had a lot of guys and you spread the ball around, but it was not like you. Um, health kind of factored into that a little bit too. Yeah, I think so. And you have some young talent and you had court, you know, your quarterbacks were constantly rotating. So, yeah, uh, there is some of that, but you know, the miles price hype before the, the beginning of the season yeah. didn't live up to the, the hype that it, Injury you know, that though. we had. So, I mean, there's some little things there, but, uh, from everything um, we've ever heard about him, he's just been a solid coach the, and good at recruiting. Hit on the yeah. tweets for me. Cause I, I didn't see those. I saw Xavier white this morning with one. Uh, which is yeah hard, so hard i mean it, up emoji, it, so I don't know it's hard to about. really talk about like um one guy had a heartbroken emoji one guy had like the the face that was like melting emoji um one guy had the the emoji that just the two eyes there's no mouth like all of it's super like uh, you know uh, that doesn't worry me it doesn't like worry me a whole lot if it was one or two but when it was like the whole receiving room was all tweeting something yeah, I mean, out like I said, that's their that's their guy. He's great at player development and relationships, so it's gonna hurt a little bit. But then that yeah, but I mean, but yeah, you can't really knock them for going. You know, getting a a, a job like that, no. uh, Oklahoma, I, they probably pay more for their assistance. I'm yeah, imagining. Um, so there's probably a nice little pay raise in there, but yeah. you know, ultimately it was a loss that had a lot of people worried, but not even 24 hours later, you have <laughs> that around. role, you have that role filled. Joey McGuire, his foot is always on the gas. He never lets off and already have replaced Emmett Jones by hiring Justin juice Johnson, juice. uh, to fill the role. Justin juice Johnson was, uh, a former running backs coach at Baylor. If you knew anything about Baylor over the last couple years, they've uh, ran the ball really, really well. They've had some really good running backs. They had Richard Reese last year, a freshman running back who was uh, who Red Raider Nation will remember because he had the ball like the whole game against us. It felt like, and so um, pretty good hire going back to those. Uh, you know, his time at Baylor, a guy that he worked with, some familiarity with him, but bringing him onto staff to do the uh, wide receiver coach and i think there's another little thing he's going to be assisting with as well i just can't remember the little blurb right now uh as we're talking uh but dustin your thoughts on the the hire of juice johnson uh to fill this role uh and the the, the quickness of it yeah i'm sure your favorite thing is his name <laughs> oh, i love that i love that and i i tweeted it out i love that for like a receiver coach that's like yeah that's fucking awesome i like sorry but like Hell to yeah. have a receiver coach whose name you call Juice, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, great. Gets My people favorite going. thing of it is the timing of it. Didn't mess around and wait basically a whole day and filled that position. And that's how you settle that receiver room and those emojis yeah. and get that guy in there, talk to him, get Joey and Juice with those receivers, tell him it's going to be okay. You don't have to go anywhere and settle it down. And I mean, <laughs> The thing I found interesting about it is he was a receiver coach at Kansas before at Baylor. <laughs> That's where Emma Jones was. <laughs> so taking taking another Kansas receiver yeah. coach 
uh, which is funny, but yeah, he's, he's their receiver at, coach now. I can see him at Texas Tech <laughs> in a couple years. Yep, he's been at a. There was actually a. You say that there's a high school coach that got hired by Kansas, like a Texas high school coach that got hired by Kansas. So <laughs> Joey will let him go get his feet wet and then take him away. Yeah, but uh, apparently we poach from Kansas and Baylor now. Those are our two schools yeah. that we're just gonna uh, pick from, which I'm good with. But the other thing with Juice is he's also, I mean, when he played, so he was at Houston as a player, and then he was at A&M and Duke, Kansas, and at Baylor for a little bit. So he's been around other yeah. good and big programs. I mean, I, I, when I say Duke football, it doesn't really trigger you, but in the last 10 years, they have been pretty decent and good at some point. So like, he's been around good programs, big programs, a lot of different coaches take things from so i like that a lot and of course the, like you mentioned the taken from baylor that's what joey mcgar is going to do kind of because he knows a lot of those guys so i like it and i like the, the quick turnaround of it a lot yeah love that and then you know you add to the recruiting powers that we already have of here in the state of texas with our staff and you add this guy into it who's been recruiting for baylor for the last three years and they have some studs uh, you know, they had some stud receivers over there over the last few years. So uh, definitely going to enjoy uh, the addition of juice, uh, juice to this staff. Uh, always, always happy to have like those question marks put to rest really quick, you know, because, yes. you know, the, the tweet comes out, everybody already speculating, you know, people want to think of the worst case scenarios or Oh, Joey McGuire doesn't have a hold on this or anything like that. But no, Joey McGuire letting you know, hey, we got this. Like this obviously was something that they were not shocked that happened and something that they had already kind of prepped for. Which which makes you seem like Emmett told them, hey, I'm interviewing Oklahoma for this job. So then you could go get fillers out and make this quick turnaround, which is great on everybody's part. Right. Yeah. So, um, so it makes you think Emmett probably handled this pretty professionally right. um, there. And so you appreciate that. But yeah, you're able to respond really quickly, put those rumors to rest before they even really build. Um, and now you just keep the ball rolling. Um, last little bit, you know, way too, or do you have something else football wise? Nehemiah Martinez got a scholarship offer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't you know this a walk on kid. But he this whole his. new little Twitter thing that they did, this update where it's like the for you and then the following. That messed me up this morning, too, because I'm seeing like Shelby's tweets and other people's tweets from like yesterday about the basketball yeah. game. And I'm like, why is this on my timeline right now? And then like, Everything was like, like oh. 17 hours ago. Yeah. You know, 12 That's hours exactly ago. I'm like, why, why is everything from yesterday during the game? Uh, Twitter, man, anyway. yeah. Yeah, I just want to see like what's current. That's what Twitter is for. It's not to see. Uh, so that that was frustrating. So I think it got lost in a thing of there until like kind of right before we were uh, about to record. I was just going to say, you know, there's the right as the season ends and we move on. There's the way too early polls. And, you know, we <laughs> hate early polls, but man, I'm not going to lie. It is fun to see oh, Texas Tech. You're like coming up. Yeah. It feels good to be like a top 25 team, you You're know, right, for everybody or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll take whatever at this point, because it, it's been so long since we've been even close to that discussion. So the fact that uh, some people in their way too early polls have us ranked like 
uh, it, I forgot what that feeling was like. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that feels like either. I didn't even so, know when the last time we were ranked was. I'm going to yeah, try to look that up. <laughs> it had to be like a Cliff Kingsbury era year. I feel, uh, well, the first year of Wells, we were good. I don't think we, uh, I don't think we were ranked at all that year. I think it had to be, if, if I had to guess, it would be after we beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater with Alan Bowman, uh, and the new, the newest Oklahoma State quarterback, uh, that would be my guess of, has, of the year. It has been five years. So that was 20, 2018 20. week five. We were 25th for that one. And that was week. Yeah. week yeah. Five. We I were think only I'm right. That one time. I think I'm right. I think it was after we beat Oklahoma state. Mm, and in 2017, we were only ranked for one week also. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. I used to always, I used to always be like, don't rank us. Cause as soon as you rank us, it means we had a gap in there lose. too from, 13 to 6, like 14, 15, 16, we were not ranked at all. And those were the Patrick Mahomes years. <laughs> so in the past 10 seasons, we've been ranked two times in two separate seasons for one week each. There's your stat of the day. <laughs> Gosh. Hopefully times up. are changing. Up. We're going to start yeah. 2023 ranked and break that five-year streak. Looking forward to it. Yep, looking forward to that. So I just wanted to throw in those little tidbits there, talk a little football. No, it's not football season. Uh, it is basketball season, and right now we are all wishing it was football season, which is something we haven't been able to say here in a long time, as you just caught from uh, our little glimpse into history there. But let's go on over to the basketball courts and discuss what's been going on with the basketball team. Can we not? All right, Dustin. Well, Texas Tech finds themselves in the midst of a four-game losing streak, 0-4 so far in Big 12 play. The last time we talked to you guys was before the Kansas game, so we have several games to just kind of discuss here. But uh, over the course since last time we talked to you guys, we lost to Kansas, Oklahoma, and then Tuesday night's uh, debacle in Ames. Uh, to the Iowa State Cyclones. So, Dustin, let's just kind of go go back and go in chronological order here. Let's start off with Kansas, uh, which was last, what, Wednesday, Tuesday night? Can we um, go back to talking about football? Yeah. Jeez, Instilling Kansas coaches. Only, talk football. <laughs> only the good things. We're a football and baseball podcast now. Football, baseball. Don't <laughs> forget track, to meet judging. Track, in. track. Indoor season's right around the corner. <laughs> uh, golf. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, let's start. Let's start with that Kansas game. Kansas, uh, as we as we saw, Tech fell 75-72 to the Jayhawks. Um, it was a game that kind of Kansas controlled for the majority of like the end of the Watch first half it. through the second half. Tech made a run, made it close, and the real thing I just kind of wanted to discuss here at this point. Now it's been you know a little over a week since that game. Uh, was the no foul call there at the last possession that Texas Tech had. Um, well, the last possession where we had a chance to win the game. Down by one, Pop Isaacs drives. Uh, he stumbles to the ground. Ball ends up 
in Kansas's hands. They get that breakout dunk. Yeah. And what I didn't realize watching it, and it was something pointed out to me like right after I, you know, called a friend, was like, hey, what what'd you think? I did not notice Daniel Bajo getting like pulled to the ground. But then the video makes it look real bad that he's getting bear hugged from behind and pulled yeah. down. I didn't even realize that. I just thought Pop got like destroyed. Which that would be fine if Pop got either his foul or the layup because that cleared room. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact that you missed that blatant foul and then the hip check rub on Pop that I get the refs don't want to call that in that situation. But, but that's a foul 100% pretty, of the time. That like, like the rest of the game that's a foul. Line, even for like an end of game type physical play. He got concussed from it. <laughs> he got concussed from it. Like, well, that's the other thing of that play is we ended up with two starter injuries from that one yeah. play because Bacho, you know how he never quits. He busted his ass down the floor and tried to uh, save the walk, game by yeah save the game and hurt him hurt his finger dislocated his finger on that attempted block so yeah in the big 12 refs not calling anything there we got a little screwed but yeah i mean we'll stay there for a second and let you finish any other thoughts on big 12 refs and whatnot. yeah you know it was a weird game we had hollywood higgins we had jerry oh, yeah. pollard you called it from the beginning. You go. You saw them come out five minutes before the game. You go, oh, great. We have Hollywood and Higgins in this game. Yeah, and we knew, like, I thought it was going to be like, Part oh, two. man, they're, they're going to call a lot of fouls. But, you know, they didn't really call a whole lot of fouls the whole game until Chill. all of a sudden, like, the end of the game. game. They started calling a bunch of stuff, and then they don't call those. So that's kind of like has always been my problem with Big Twelve officiating. It's like, especially when when with Kansas, you never know what a foul is. On one side, it's like KJ Allen's going up for uh, has the ball, and they've got dudes clawing at him, and that's a jump ball. And on the all arms, and on the other end, Jalen Tyson has all ball, and it's a foul. Huge call. And that ends up giving them the one free throw that gave them that separation that they end up winning by. Um, there's a play where Kevin McCullough is driving baseline and he's trying to get around Bacho, dribbles the ball out of bounds, but they call that a block. Oh, yeah. And, and that's a, barely a bump. Yeah, that's a block, but yet you. If that's don't a block, up. then what Pop got is yeah. a block. That's, that's, my, that's my point there is like, if that's a foul on us, then it's a foul on the other side and it just never feels like there's those consistencies in big 12 play especially when you're playing kansas especially when you're playing teams on the road feels like things that are fouls on one end of the floor aren't and it ends up costing you the game because they call that foul there you get you either get the i think at that point you were shooting free throws not that i have any confidence in us making the free throws but the the tyson that's a chance me is because he got all ball yeah and this is with, I'm guessing here, like four minutes left or three minutes, something like that. It was down. It was I think we were under. I think we're like down three. It was like three, two minutes. And that's what my point is. They call that foul. We go to bonus. He makes one of two. But then yeah. we go down. But like, I think we go down and make a three. No, from there, it was a three-point game. And you were able to get it back to within one like several times. Right. The but next two around. Yeah. You tie you would have tied it up. Yeah. But no, you're down one because of that free throw. 
Yep. And you might say, well, you can't nitpick. At that point in the game, you can. Yeah. At that point, you could because they hadn't been calling fouls. And up to that point in the game, that had not been called a foul once in the game, uh, even when there were multiple opportunities for that to be a foul specifically for us at one point. And so that's that's the confusion I had oh. there and um, the expectation of them to make a missed call came true uh, as soon as we saw those guys we knew something was going to happen it wasn't as whistle happy of a game as we thought but it ultimately came down to them not blowing the whistle uh in a situation and and fran Frischilla, uh, i like that's one of the things that you know i was talking to my buddy and he was like the announcers were like i don't know how they didn't call a foul they were like big 12 officials typically do a great job they were terrible tonight like there was a lot of um a lot of stuff going on. I think Fran had some tweets about it too, that he was just like, if that foul is a foul throughout the game, it's a foul there. Yeah, uh, you exactly. don't let them play. Uh, so some frustrations there that starts, you know, uh, could have been a huge win for you. Um, another point you have. the actual game part of the, yeah. right, just the last Yeah, play yeah, play. sorry. <laughs> That's uh, the part I think about when I think yeah, about this game. Uh, one, two things. One, Kevin McCullers return to Lubbock. Yeah. I don't know if he's been starting off and on or all season or what, but I think he's been all season, all season, but they get him out as a starter, get the booze out of the way. But the fans did a great job of booing his ass real hard. Yeah. And it wasn't just, you know, at the introduction and the first five minutes, it was anytime. the whole game. Yeah. Anytime he touched the ball and really, he didn't have much of an effect on the game. I didn't think offensively definitely did not defensively. Eh, I'd say okay well, yeah. for, for him. Yeah, the only really lasting impact he had on that game was he did make the shot to put him up three. Um, you came down and made it another one-point game, but he did you know, help keep that a three-point game off a rebound and a putback where you were trying to get a stop. If you got a stop there, you would have had a chance to take the lead. But other than that, I mean, he yeah, I, I wasn't scared of him offensively. He was turning the ball over a lot. Um, yeah, I didn't really yeah, feel his impact. Whatever. But then the second thing, like you mentioned to intro this game, was they had control of the whole game. And, I mean, me and you watching it, I, I kept saying to you, like, man, they just – they're making it look so easy. They're just yeah. running plays. They're, st- they're digging deep in the bag of, like, hey, let's run this. Oh, look, he's wide open, bucket. Oh, look, he's wide open, bucket. Oh, look, that back screen's open. Oh, middle of the lane. Like, they weren't having trouble getting buckets. And we were struggling. Yeah. This is something we've done all year. It's no different now. It's worse now because we're playing better teams, better defenses. Um, you, you saw it against Oklahoma. You saw it against Iowa State really bad that we stand around with the ball and waste time not trying to do anything. And then in the last 12 seconds, kind of try to do something and then end up with a terrible shot within the last three to five seconds of the shot clock. Yeah, if you don't turn it over first. (laughs) We're turning it over. It's like you're setting yourself up terribly. And, like, that's why, like, I never thought we should have been in that game. We made some crazy shots, like Tyson jacking one up to make it. Like, made some crazy shots keep you in it. And that's what is frustrating. Like, you could have stole one. 
No, no. The thing, and and we'll get into this with the Oklahoma game. The thing is, you got desperate. You got desperate offensively, and that got you back into the game. Is you like you picked up the pace, and you didn't like stop, get set, and try to run this stupid offense that doesn't do anything for you. You're just picking up the pace. Yeah, with either just holding the ball, waiting five seconds, or just running that BS three man weave to go nowhere. For yeah, you were getting down the court. If you had the whatever the numbers advantage, you were just going and attacking, and that was the only reason that you got in that game. That was the only reason you came back against Oklahoma, which is your next loss. Uh, you lose sixty-eight to sixty-three on Saturday to Oklahoma in overtime. And Oklahoma, you know, that game was weird. Uh, it, it felt weird in the stadium. It was a weird vibe. Both teams played pretty poorly in the first half. Um, it felt like you were the better team, yet. You were missing Bacho. You were missing Pop Isaacs. You were missing KJ Allen. Yeah. And all of a sudden, and second Robert half comes out. Bit, Oklahoma right? starts just making everything. Of course. They get up double digits on you. And then again, you kind of get desperate offensively. Davion Harmon just decides, whatever, I'm going to the basket when I get a chance. Fast break, you know, rebound. We're getting it we're pushing the ball and once you started pushing the ball you found yourself oh all of a sudden we're back in the game all of a sudden we're back in the game we have a chance you tie it you take the lead uh and then your defense sells you uh, you know you foul them they tie it uh you once again you try to call a timeout and and run a play but you have no plays at all no. i don't i don't know what the hell uh. this team does in a timeout but nobody in the country is worse after a timeout than we are in desperate situations, regular game situations. I don't know what the hell we do during a timeout, but the one thing I can guarantee after a timeout is we're not going to get points. We're, we're going to turn the ball over. We're going to get a terrible shot. If it's a late game situation, yeah. uh, it's not going to be good. You do, you decided, you know, you got Tyson open for three, but you're one fifteen one for 15 on shooting threes that day. Um, maybe don't, Maybe don't settle for a three there. Maybe drive to the basket. All you needed was a bucket. Oklahoma forces the overtime in which they, you know, carry on to win the game. Um, so, uh, Dustin, I know you were busy over the weekend. Were, were you able to catch any of this game? you have any thoughts on this game or you just want to get to Iowa State at this point? No, I missed, missed this game. Um, again, this one kind of like Kansas, like, kind of close just and could have had it especially with without your best big man and your best player and pop like two starters out and you did got it there like gotta try to pull those out and finish it off um you know you mentioned drawing up plays and stuff i noticed in the kansas game we had two chances at the very end to win it or tie it and you know we've talked all year like we brought in steve green from spc who's great offensive mind but I noticed in that Kansas game, he's not the one drawing up plays. Yeah. Sean Sutton's the one drawing up plays and looks like the offensive coordinator to me. That's just what it looks like from sitting behind the bench where we where we are. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. And honestly. so I don't know what that means. Obviously, it's not producing anything because we don't get anything out of timeouts or under mm-hmm. the baskets or anything like that. I mean, shit, you saw – Iowa State run one with two seconds on the clock and get yeah. a three at the end of the half. It's like, holy shit. <sighs> Man, would that be nice. <laughs> like We talk all the time in the stadium, like there's teams that run under the basket inbound plays and get easy buckets on us. 
Kansas. God, what's the problem? But we that's have to throw it. Something. We always have to lob it up over back behind the three point line and hope our you know guy makes a receiver play and catches the basketball and you know we don't have any sort of inbound play that ever gets us an open shot yeah. that's 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 the frustrating part and you had you know two chances you had the chance to win this game couldn't draw it up you had a chance to tie the game later in overtime couldn't draw it up um it's just man it's frustrating it is frustrating to watch and it all culminates last night Yikes. um tuesday night in ames iowa uh, needing a victory, got some nice news before the game. Pop Isaac's back, Daniel Bacho's back. All so right. you're thinking, all right, so might have a chance in this game, and you proceed to get Hell beat no. worse than you have in the Mark Adams era so far, 84-50. to 50. Uh, Worst loss in Mark Adams' career that I met. Uh, awful outing, wasn't close. Uh, at halftime, you were down by 19. Uh, second half, you – it it just got worse to where I I, I turned it off of like the under 16 minute timeout. I was like, yeah. I'm going to do something better with my night. So Dustin, this is where we stand now. How do you feel after what was ultimately probably one of the most embarrassing basketball performances that you've seen from this kind of team in a long time? You know, that was really bad. Yeah, I turned it off as well. I mean, when you have... I think our whole season ticket group texts each other and we all turned it off early, yeah. either halftime or, you know, basically before the 10 minute marks when I turned it off, but it was horrible. Bacho is like your worst player out there. Even better off not playing him. When is somebody going to teach him that he's fucking 6'11", 7 foot, whatever the hell he is, and to keep the ball up? Man, the dude loves player. to go low. I just hate how he tries to be a skill player and – dribble too much or make these passes and he's terrible at it I mean, or dribble the ball low when right around the rim when he's taller than everybody else i mean we started the game with six turnovers in the first five minutes that's when i tweeted out we're on pace for 48 turnovers yeah at that point you were like turning the ball over more than you were scoring <laughs> you so yeah the next stat i have is your first five possessions you didn't even hit the rim yeah you did four, four turnovers, turnovers and an air ball shot. or one block uh, yeah. shot. One block shot. That's what it was. Yeah. First five possessions, you don't even get a shot to hit the rim. God. I was like, like oh my gosh. It was so bad to begin with. And I mean, and, and not even like good turnovers. We always talk about like there's good turnovers, there's bad turnovers. These are just bad turnovers. Bad. Like literally. And I don't think that's going to change. Like we no, talked about no. all year, we're halfway through the season and. It's not changed. It's not going to change. It's getting worse. It's dumbass turnovers. Like, you can't even explain what the person is doing. It's like, it's not even, you know, they're not forced. It's not like Iowa State was playing this crazy defense where you couldn't do anything. No, it's just like making a stupid pass, trying to throw an entry pass to a guy who's covered by three people, which was your first possession of the game. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's terrible. That's how you start the game off. Uh, every time Jalen Tyson tries to throw a pass inside, it's basically going to get beat, go out He's of bounds. Or, Can I say yeah. that? No, yeah. He he has some talent, obviously, offensively. Like, But, man, he had disappeared these last I mean, two games. You're, you get all this hype from the offseason, and 
Now, granted, looking back, he's still only a second-year player, sophomore, or not. But yeah, and he only played a handful of games last year, so it's not like he's. You look back, and I mean, he's putting up. I don't have his stats in front of me, but it feels like I don't know eight or so points a game. I think it was at like nine when they yeah. showed the so, stats last game, and I, I don't even know, guys. I wasn't like I don't even want to shout anybody out for stats right now because it was so bad. Um, but I know he only had four in the Oklahoma game, which is a game where you're missing two, three players, and you need him to step up. up. I need you, dog. And he can't, you know. Um, the thing that got my eye on on the Twitter sphere after the game was Coach Adams afterwards said, and I quote: "This team looked like it had not been coached. That is my fault. We are going to make some changes. We're not going to have that happen again. I can assure you of that." End quote. Five points for Jalen Tyson last night. Yeah. What's his season average? I don't even know anymore. I was just looking at the box score from enough. last night's game. It can't be good. but, but Nine points in the last two Big 12 games? That's not great. Yeah, so right now he is averaging 9.3 points per game. Uh, in conference play, that's got to be a lot less. Games we had before conference. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, back to Coach Adams' statement and tweet. I mean – I, I, I like that he's going to take accountability of it and recognizes, like, man, we got our ass kicked probably because of me. I mean, our defense was god-awful. Like, it's been terrible this year. And – but I don't – I just don't know what you're going to fix. Like, I don't know if you're – because you've only been playing, like, six and a yeah. half, seven guys anyways. Like, I don't know if that means you're going to – mix more guys in or try to get different roles for guys or that means in the practice facility and coaching facility they're going to do shuffle some things around or do some things different there i don't know I, man because it felt like something kind of changed when you went on those you know that three game streak where you scored 100 plus points you're like oh maybe they shifted the offense to coach green style because you're you're definitely like picking up the pace it definitely felt different and now it's felt like you've gone back to whatever it was before there which is obviously not winning you games i don't know what the answer is i think like man it sucks to say this but i I think there's some bad i I think there's some bad coaching this doesn't look like a well-coached team you know that um and and i don't want to just shit on Adams because it's year two and I think he is a good coach but I think there's some realization maybe this game helped cause and that can be that that's the only thing that I'm hoping for is maybe it realized maybe he realizes what he needs to do is like all right here you go accountability but now we got to see the change of whatever it is like but man it's it's just like this team isn't coached well situationally like uh, Coach Adams doesn't know when to use his timeouts. He uses his timeouts too late when it's like a 14-0 run instead of calling it when it's at six, seven points instead of letting it just completely balloon. Um, we don't have any timeout plays. You can never score after you call a timeout. Like that's that's like we're watching teams get easy buckets on us all year on timeouts, and you can't even draw something up. Like it, it is frustrating to see. And then, you know, at the end of halftime, you know, you get a big stop. With three seconds left, you turn the ball over, and then they have one point whatever seconds, and they're able to get a freaking open three off of it. Like your defense hasn't been good, um, your your rotations are terrible. You're letting guys who are great three point shooters get wide open looks from three every single game. You're not closing out. There's just so many things that you can point at 
uh, from this team. The effort doesn't look there. It looks like these guys just aren't bought in. Um, and they, they don't know what they're doing offensively. Like, it's just like, here, Pop, just try to shoot us out of this, whatever it is. And, you know, last night he couldn't make his shots. And so <laughs> you get blown out this much. But I just, I just don't know. I just don't know right now. So that leads us to my next question, Dustin. Last time we talked was we gave our New Year's resolution or our New Year's wishes. And I had making the tournament as mine and you had confidence that we were going to make the tournament. Things have shifted extremely since then. Panic button. Have you pressed your panic button yet? Not pressing yet, but I know like I have it out of the drawer and I've even opened the little cover of the case to it. Like it's sitting, it's sitting on the island out in open space, uncovered, basically. It's it's out there. <laughs> I pressed mine mm. right after the Oklahoma loss. I was like, "Yep, this Can't is." Can't blame you. I pressed it right then because also you, you didn't think you were getting Pop or Bacho back for the Iowa State game, but didn't man, I, I you know. I'm glad I pressed it then because after that performance, I, I don't think there's any way this team's making the tournament. Um, you well, know, yeah, you, I mean, going into last night, I saw, I think Emery tweeted it, like you had like a 30% chance of making it. I don't know if whose reference that was, but before last night's game. Yeah. Now you lose that, so that's probably in the 20s for sure. And, I mean, obviously you have 14 more Big 12 games, but those are going to be hard as hell. You know yeah. that. And you, you got to be around fi- you got to be around 500 conference play if you want to make the tournament. You can't be like a hell of a run in this yeah. last month and a half to figure it out. We obviously played our worst game now. Like we're not on the way up, we're on the way down. Yep. And the I- other thing is another thing about Sean Sutton. I heard he's the one that did the non-conference schedule. And that's not helping us at all either. No. It's the biggest joke. We Maybe. had a cupcake game and obviously lost our games that we could have gotten some points from. It's like we have nothing to stand on. Like, no, your bet, your best win is Georgetown, and that's not even a good win. Um, you know, <laughs> you didn't play good for that win. Yeah, didn't even I play know good. That for matters. That. Um, it's it's a joke. This is what you do when you don't play anybody in the off season, and you you know make it all depend on one tournament, you know, where you don't control any of the outcomes. You, this is one thing I gripe about all the fucking time, but you've got to schedule better non-con opponents. You can't just rely on big 12 play. Um, Cause the big 12 this year might be more ruthless than the big 12 has ever been. You got Kansas state. Who's all of a sudden great. Iowa state looks like a really solid good. team. Give them real, a lot um, of credit. They're really good. They're really good. They got some chances to go upset and win the big 12 tournament. Yeah. That's, that's probably your best chance. Um, you know, like Fardos, like, do you play this year if you're Fardos? Like, I don't, I, I think I just, I, I think I wish, if I was him, I think I wish I would have transferred. <laughs> like I wish I would have been like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to transfer. Because, uh, I, 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 you know, I just don't see anything coming from this team that makes me believe that they can all of a sudden become a competitor in the Big 12 the way it is right now. Um, and next up, you got the Longhorns in Austin, which that situation has changed um, for Tech fans. Um, and Woo! so – couldn't so have happened just, to a better guy. Let's just let's just look forward and let's like 
discuss that right quick. I don't know if that was yeah. your final shot or something, but like, no. do, you, do you just want to go ahead and get into that? Texas Tech faces off with the Longhorns in Austin that are no longer coached mm-hmm. by Chris Beard. Dustin, yes. we thought this for a while. Good How has he not it's been fired yet? I was starting to get worried, but last week, Chris Beard terminated from the University mm. of Austin. Um, and boy, they fired some shots before they sent him out there. Uh, what, were you, what are your thoughts on now that that is officially like wrapped up, done? From you know our personal and Texas Tech standpoint, couldn't have ended better for us um, with how he left us high and dry. And <clears throat> I think my favorite tweets were the receipt that Del Conte tweeted out from the Plainview McDonald's. Yeah. where they basically stolen that and finalized the contract, whatever you want to say it happened up there. And that lasted a year and a half. Yeah. You know, and you had the best <clears throat> tweet from us as Texas Tech never lost to Chris Beard in Texas. <laughs> so and Chris Beard never beat one Big 12 team. In his time coaching in the Big 12, he never beat one Big 12 team, Texas Tech. Us. So that's, that makes us feel good. I mean, we kind of could all – we talked about it last year. Like, we could all kind of see the crazy girlfriend syndrome after he left. And he was that way after Nash Championship here his last couple years. And was obviously that way at Texas last year. Yeah. Um, tried to wiggle his way out of it. And my favorite, like, line of the whole thing is when his attorney put out, like, their crybaby – uh, statement after the fact. Yeah, after not, the fact. Not, not the couching part. He's going to be really sad that he's not couching it up in Austin. I don't know how that's. I don't know how you fumble that so bad. Must have a nice couch. But my favorite line was about two or three sentences in is when he he said, uh, and I really just like pictured them crying, saying it like really whining, like universe. The athletic department said. They were going to give an internal investigation, and they didn't ask us a single question. <laughs> like, well, dude, there's a police report, and that 911 phone call is recorded, too. So you have two police incidents that you don't need. You have an affidavit, sir. You don't need your opinion. We don't need your fabricated. You change this narrative on this, man. <laughs> we don't need your lies. That was my favorite, them crying. Well, they didn't even ask us a single question. I think my favorite thing comes from the letter on his firing from the university. The um, Additionally, your letter this morning reveals that Mr. Beard does not understand the significance of the behavior he knows he engaged <laughs> yeah. in or the ensuing events that impair his ability to effectively lead our program. And this sentence is my favorite. This lack of self-awareness is yet another <laughs> failure of judgment that makes yeah. Mr. Beard unfit to serve as a mm. head coach at our university. Boom. Boom. The other thing, yeah, great lines. The other thing in there that we just, it rumors that Del Conte, the athletic director at UT, was not going to pull this trigger. Not shocking. But I didn't think they were. People above his head, whatever yeah. you want to say there, donors. They can't enhance it. Donors, regents, <laughs> presidents, whoever said no 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 because of what you just said his lack of judgment and how it looks yeah. and whatever it all great <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, whatever the story is, like, she started the fight, whatever, he ended the fight. You can't do that. Like, you can't do that. And you can't have that person leading your program. And this felt like the logical decision. And if you paid attention to social media, there was articles and people like, why is Texas taking such a long time? And I literally thought, I was like, they're trying to wiggle their way out of this. They're trying to see if this can get quieted. And then they're just going to make Chris Beard the coach uh, maybe let the season end and then be like Chris Beard's back. I didn't think that they would have the balls to do it. Um, I'm glad that they did it. I thought, yeah, Del Conte was trying whatever he could to keep him because this looks like the ultimate failure, right? They poached our coach, the coach who brought us to a national championship. The guy who he celebrated that all it took was a McMuffin at McDonald's to convince him to come to UT and you right. don't even have him for two years um, before he's out of there. Like that's yeah, like you got a great roster and team yeah. this year. Like yes. You were going to go far. Yeah, they were a good team. Uh, finally had the success, the new stadium, right? They got the first year yeah, in the yeah, yeah. center this year too. Like all of that made me believe I was like, they're going to try whatever. And then they put out the, you know, the, they come out with this statement. The girl, you know, the fiance didn't mean it. She didn't mean to call the cops. She didn't mean to all this stuff. I was like, oh man, they are going to try so hard. So respect, uh, a rare respect to the University of Texas from this podcast for actually like doing the right thing because this was doing the right thing. This was, I didn't think there was any way that you could keep a coach like Beard on your staff. I just didn't know if the Longhorns loved winning so much that they would you know, cower to that, but they, they held strong. They did what was right. Uh, I'm trying and- to, so the other side tangent of this, <laughs> and I'm scrolling through his Twitter now is Jeff Goodman was getting shots left oh. and right on Twitter. I shot one at him. I mean, he's got to be devastated with this. He hasn't responded obviously to it. Um, but it's, it's probably hilarious. pretty sad. And then Texas Tech went on to lose 84 to 50. And then he was like, I'm all right. <laughs> but he had, I'm trying to scroll back through his stuff. He had a good article of basically who he wants, who he thinks mm-hmm. should get the next job there. Um, Calipari. Wasn't that his and, guy? I'm still like a day off. He tweets a lot, man. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Calipari. Um, I think he's on the right path of who Bruce Pearl His He had Bruce Pearl in there going from who's been at a big time Tennessee before, obviously can handle the big stage and got Auburn to the national championship. At the same time beard brought tech there on the other side of that bracket lost to Virginia. But uh, the other one was the Kansas state. Yeah. Coach who was a former longtime Baylor who they're just team. like, or assistant coach, and that makes a lot yeah. of sense. He's been killing it over there at Kansas State. Um, Ooh, here we go. Found it. Finally. 185 tweets later or something. Don't you play that. Why can't I think of his name right now? I can picture Obviously, guy, I like, but I can't uh, think of his name. I do like this. Like, call up, call up anybody. Like, call up Scott Drew. Call up Calipari. Tony Bennett from Virginia. Why not? I mean, yeah, your you basketball program since you let go of Rick Barnes has been terrible, basically. Um, 
Billy Donovan from the Bulls is interesting. Yeah, that was yeah. Because he's probably out at the Bulls pretty soon, depending on how they go. But I don't see him wanting to come back to do the college thing, especially ten years later. Yeah, it's hard to get back into that rhythm. Then the other guys, you know, we mentioned Bruce Pearl, Nate Oates from Alabama, Eric Musselman from Arkansas. Oh, I don't man. see – I could see Oates moving, but I don't see Musselman moving. I think he has Arkansas as a yeah, – I think he's got that train rolling. He's already said. Um, Kelvin Sampson, Houston, he just seems too old for the job, to be honest. I know he has Houston rolling, but that seems yeah. like a great fit for him. Jamie Dixon, TCU, I don't see – Dixon no. leaving his alma mater, and then Jerome Tang, Kansas State. Yeah, Jerome Tang, that was, former I was Baylor assistant for the past twenty years. Definitely, I'm one hundred and sixteen on their ass recruiting. <laughs> so, like that one makes a lot of sense. Um, and also, you got Rick Patino in there. You know, he just had some wild card picks in there. He also has. Royal Ivy, who I remember playing at Texas with Kevin Durant. Yeah, I think he was assistant. Apparently, I didn't know if he was a coaching assistant. No, he was. um, Kevin Durant was advocating for Royal Ivy after Shaka was fired. Yeah, I remember that, and I was praying, yeah, "Yeah, hire him. (laughs) Yeah, good list there by by Goodman. A lot of little research there, but that'll be a you know interesting whirlwind. Yeah, uh, but it's funny how you know Rick Barnes did great once he left and went to Tennessee. Shaka Smart has Marquette pretty good, and he's doing a good job. Like, so <laughs> the last question on this is: uh, five, ten years down the road, is Chris Beard back in college basketball, or do you think this is the the nail in the coffin on that? Not as a head coach. I think he'll. I think he'll be a head coach again. I think he'll do the what the, the Hugh Freeze, yeah, the Hugh Freeze route, where like some small school who needs a jolt will hire him, and he'll be like, you know, I worked through all my issues, I'm good, and everything like that. And I think several years down the road, I could see him. I could see him being back. Because yeah. ultimately, it's college sports. Like we want to make it this whole nice thing, but it's extremely, extremely disgusting. Um, yeah, and I could see him. Like if that happens, like obviously never coming around the Big Twelve or Texas again because of it. If he's convicted, where- no, if he ends up getting convicted with this, then yeah, I don't think he'll come back. But if no. it ends up like it ends up being nothing, I think he'll get a shot somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think it's just got to be outside of Big 12 in Texas because that's where the – It would have to be – it would have to be like a really small mid-major trying to right. trying to get caught up in the game. Um, and it would have to be a couple years down the road. I, I You know, I obviously like, think they would – If Yeah, if we're going with your method here, like I'm thinking no less than three years out. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think he ever gets ahead again. I think he has to just assist, assist in it up assist somewhere. Assisting his way out, and then maybe not quite 10, but more than five years down the road, 
closer to 10 years, work his way back up and into the good graces of people. Too bad Nick Saban doesn't coach basketball. He could have gone to Nick Saban's car wash there for a little bit. Uh, I don't think there's a basketball program that does that. No, there is not. So, (laughs) but uh, yeah, I had to bring that up as tech fans, you know, it's, it's a weird spot to be in. Cause I, I, like we said, when this originally happened, I, I don't root for the demise of him as like a human being, you know, like there's, there's the human element to this where like somebody got hurt in an awful event um, that was caused by him. Um, and so there is that trickiness to it, but you know, we're, we're celebrating a day because a guy who does something like that shouldn't be a head coach of a, of a college basketball program. Right. Um, and we didn't think that that university would actually follow through with it. So for the fact that they did that, that they followed through with it, you know, props to yeah. them on that. Um, Woo. Um, and you know, hope he does make himself better from this. You know, I, I, I hope he learns some life lessons because he just lost his quote dream job, um, because of this. So, but yeah, well that, that took a detour there, but you know, we needed to talk about something. Um, Dustin, you got anything else basketball related? Have one more basketball thing. Yeah. We added a commit over the Christmas yeah. break a week or two right. ago last week. Top former top 100 recruit from last year's class from one of the Denton schools. It forgets me which one. Uh, Geyer was it Geyer? Maybe sounds right. Chiron Lindsay, formerly of Georgia, he started about half the games there for Georgia. Six eight forward. I watched some of their highlights of him from games, and seems like a pretty good, solid player. I mean, I yeah. know they're gonna miss him. Like he could arguably play a lot and start for you this year yeah, he's six eight right is that, yeah. is that perfect size we need some length um he's gonna do the Jalen tyson route of coming here he's here now and started school obviously today but has to sit all year be on the bench which that sucks <laughs> yeah of course, tyson got to ride that good wave last year you know current but so like this is my other thing now is like you know we're in this snowball downfall of losing you know my wish for this year for basketball was roster retention this kind of helps that front i think yeah being a guy that's going to be here next year you know already and you have a lot of young guys like tyson probably be back i mean he wasted one year you know sitting on the bench like and you, can you keep like most of that group of pop fisher jennings like yeah. can you can can you keep all but like one of them like if more than one leave now it's kind of like uh, if you can keep five of these six guys like that's a yeah. plus yeah, it's tough because in the, like that the new world that in you know he's going to be there. Yeah, in the new world of of with nil and transfer portal and everything like that, like nothing's a guarantee anymore. Oh. Uh, it's tough to speculate of like who will be here, and so like right now, I just don't even know where to begin on that conversation because you know I obviously would like kill for Pop to be back for another year because you can just see the potential like after having a whole year under his belt, like. 
I mean, and the fan base has really just like oh, fully yeah, bought into him besides like Viva's tweet. Like everybody loves pop. Um, you know, I, I would love to see Elijah Fisher stay. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I, I, I don't do see him we're the back. We're the biggest Elijah Fisher podcast and supporters out of Texas Tech, but I think that's the tip. I think he's the, I don't he's blame the first him. one out. I don't fucking blame um, him. It's, it's the other guys can we hang on to. Yeah, and at this point, you know, Shoe, Kerwin, Shoe, Damarian, like, got to build on the sure. young guys. Yeah. I, I think, like, about them. yeah, I, I just think, like, the rest of the season, like, if Kerwin is playing over Elijah Fisher, uh, that pisses me off. I, I give Elijah Fisher whatever minutes that he you need to give him. Like, at this point, you're just, you're building for next year, I, I think. Yeah. Um, let's, let's let the young guys play and let them play a lot and get them minutes, get them ready, uh, and let, help them want to be here. Uh, that That's yeah. the key for the rest of the season to me is just like, let's get these young guys all the playing minutes that you can um, and convince them through that playing time that they're going to be large part of what you have to do in the future. Um, but that by the time we talk to you all next week, we'll have played in Austin. Uh, we have an early game against Baylor on like Tuesday next week. I have some work stuff, so we'll probably record an episode before the Baylor game if we have a chance to. So um, that's all our basketball talk for this week. Dustin, shot bets. Um, you know, we were going to do a national championship shot bet. Decided not to. <laughs> hey, I yeah, would have won that. Would have won that too. Um I love how uh, that so went. We'll, we'll bypass the shot bets for this week and let's go straight into our final shots for this week. What you got? I was going to go with the Carlos Correa finally yeah. signing a deal, forth, saga, story, whatever you want to call it. He technically signed with three different the teams Giants, this the Mets, and back to the Twins. <laughs> We had a press conference ready to go for the Giants. They had the room ready, the people there, and then he didn't show up because then they got scared and whatnot. His legs all jacked up, I guess. And then the Mets were like, we don't care. Come over here. We signed a deal. And then they were like, oh, wait, never mind. That looks terrible. And then he's kind of been in limbo for the last couple weeks. And then the Twins are like, screw it. We're the Twins. Also, we know your legs messed up because you played on yeah. it last year for us. We don't care. <laughs> like what a story of of all star generational type guy. Just I don't even know how that happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Obviously, the Red Sox weren't in on him because they. No, don't we're uh, in the like. This is going to be a year from hell. Like we, <laughs> our management sucks. Like we're Uh-oh. we got management that's treating us like we're the fucking Tampa Bay Rays, and it's just like miserable to watch. Once y'all got rid of what's his name that went to the Cubs, um, nobody went to the Cubs. Xander Bogarts went to the Cubs, or I mean the Padres. Oh yeah. Well, he went a while ago. We've been successful since, but our new we got a recent we got new management or ownership who like owns a bunch of other things like uh, soccer teams and stuff like that, and they're like treating the Red Sox like they, they don't have money to buy anything. So we, we're not paying our players. We didn't pay Xander Bogarts. Oh, we actually. let him uh, go to the pod, uh, Padres. Uh, we let Mookie J.D. Go. Martinez go. Yeah, we traded Mookie Betts years ago. We, like, somehow managed to get a deal for Rafael Devers. 
but everybody was expecting him to go. And then it comes out like Trevor Story has been injured since last year, who was our last big free agent pickup, and he's going to miss all this next season because they waited till now to do surgery instead of like doing it last year. So it's just uh, uh, it's a shitty time to be a Red Sox fan right now. The Rangers aren't afraid to spend money. They signed Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, and y'all got a Red Sox pitcher and Nathan Navaldi, who I I like loved. So they're spending money, but it's like their roster, if you look at it, is like, you know, they spent a lot of money last year yeah. on like two or three guys. And they got DeGrom and that guy this year. So like they have like four or five really top end guys and then no one in the middle. Yeah, I think, I think y'all will. Like, Josh Young is going to play third base for you all year. And no hating on Josh Young, but he's not an all-star No, but yet. like, I mean, it starts with pitching. He's going to be making it starts his rookie with pitching. Debut, if DeGrom is what he's been, like that's great. Nathan Avaldi yeah. was like our one, number one and he's like, uh, he's a great number three, like he's a, he, or a great number two. Like he's not supposed yeah. to be your number one, but he's a really fun pitcher to watch. Yeah. Um, my final shot will be a little two parter. So I uh, hope y'all all had fun Monday night watching TCU get wrecked. <laughs> I did. Uh, I I loved it. I was enjoying I it. it. I was enjoying it. Also, I had the over, so I was just watching, like hoping that Georgia covered the over. Thank. Yeah, by themselves. That for you. Appreciate you, Georgia. Um, man, what a dismantling of TCU. So Dustin, my question is, do you, would you rather like Texas tech was in that situation? Would you rather have just like lost close to Michigan? Yes. <laughs> I think so too. Cause that was such an, that was the most embarrassing bowl loss ever. That was the biggest bowl loss ever out of all bowls. Yeah. Um, on the biggest on stage, the biggest stage. And then your fans get yeah. rained on. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> The dumbest stadium in the history of sports. Yeah, I would rather lose in the semis in a three or seven point game, even ten points, like ten or less, close ish game. Like just switch the result of the Michigan game to where Michigan won. Like I would have been fine. Like man, we showed that. Then just all the way get blown out in the whole thing because you could tell like halftime and into the game, like all those announcers and guys were like. All that stuff we said about TCU was fake. <laughs> we hyped them up because we had to, and that was biggest bunch of BS. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, the only reason that I would have been okay with TCU winning was like, oh, new Big 12. But now I think it makes us look even worse that they just they got there and they got their ass handed to them by so much. I saw like one of those. Well, now I had somebody tell me this, yeah, on that point. Luckily, next year they're going to the twelve-team format because if it was another no, four-team next year is four-team, and, like, and then in twenty twenty-four it's twelve. So um, one more year. Well, guarantee you, Big Twelve ain't making the fourteen no, next it's year. UT or OU, they would. They're yeah. not going to touch us. Our conference, like I don't care if UCF, BYU, even one of the new kids or Kansas State goes undefeated, they're going to be like, mm, yeah. Nah. I saw like one. A tech Twitter account. I think it's like they changed their name. They're like the South Plainsmen or something like that. Now, the tweeted out Texas Tech is going to be the 2024 national championship. And I was like, How are you watching this game right now and thinking that we're going to win the national championship? We're not going to be let in if Tech runs the table and does a TCU type season. They're going to. Yeah, the only time we're getting let in is if once it gets to 12. 
either winning the Big 12 conference or getting and even if we did get let in, like what Georgia's young, like they're bringing back a lot of these dudes next year too, and they're just going to add on. Like, what makes you think that we're going to stack up against Georgia? At number ninety nine from Georgia, that freshman D tackle from Denton Ryan, and they got Brock Bowers, the best tight end in all college football, for another year. You know who is the second best SEC they're, they're tight end? Oh, tight the end. backup. <laughs> who's like seven? He caught a ball, and I go, "Good God, who's that?" It's huge. <laughs> He's huge. Wait for the Atlanta Falcons to draft them and do nothing with them. Um, uh, but speaking of NFL, my original final shot, and I just remembered the college. I it was such an unmemorable game that I had forgot about the national championship, so I had to throw that in there. I loved it. Uh, but the yeah. NFL playoffs are around, and if you followed us from the beginning of this podcast, you know that we used to dive in to a little yeah. NFL and and do some talking there. So I thought it'd be fun. Super Wild Card Weekend is here. Thought it'd be fun yeah. to go ahead and make some wild card picks. So. Dustin, let's start off with the NFC. We've got the Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. Geno Smith, the all-time leading passer now, or in a season for the Seattle Seahawks. Who saw that coming? He finished as a top five fantasy quarterback this year and was top five in, like, passing touchdowns also. But, unfortunately, they have to play the 49ers, who are good. Probably the best team in the NFC, so easy for you. Yeah, I think so, too. Brock Purdy gets his first playoff chance here, but he's been great for the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey doing it all. This defense is great. Uh, 49ers win easily. Giants-Vikings, an an interesting one here. This is the most interesting – yeah, this is the most interesting NFC game to me. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Giants pull off the upset. I think the Vikings are not good. They've been in a lot of one-score games. They yeah. played earlier this year. Went down to the wire. I think the Giants actually know what they're they're doing. I get like the Vikings have Justin Jefferson, but I don't trust them. And so I'm going to go upset here with the Giants. Yeah, this is my one upset in the NFC is the Vikings have just played every game too close. Um, the Giants played them very close, and the Vikings ver- barely escaped with the win. Um, I think the Vikings' defense is pretty awful. I think the Giants will figure this one out and pull off the upset. Wouldn't shock me. Cowboys Bucks, which would normally probably be the most entertaining one to me, but I-, I just don't know how I feel about either of these teams. So this could be like a boring ass game to me, yeah. and somebody wins seventeen to fourteen. <laughs> yeah. In our notes, you had it written as the Bucks, like the Milwaukee Bucks. They would definitely win that game. I took the K out of there, so they're playing mm. the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now. Probably auto-corrected. But I still me. think they win that game. <laughs> think they win the game either way. I think them losing tragically last week kind of lights a fire under their ass. <clears throat> Mike McCarthy might be coaching for his job. Um, and the Bucks just haven't been good this year, but wouldn't be surprised if they do win because they got hot the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm going to go with Tom. Just <laughs> Tom's never lost to the Cowboys. I think that's one thing he's proud of. I think he's going to go out there, and I think he's going to try to keep that undefeated against the Cowboys thing going. Um, and then get some interesting stuff going on for the Cowboys this offseason with Sean Payton just out there hovering. 
um, which I honestly think would maybe be the best thing for the Cowboys is to lose this, hire Sean Payton, and then move on with it. Um, get rid of Kellen Moore or whatever the hell he is. Um, AFC side, the <laughs> Dolphins versus the Bills. The Dolphins barely getting into the playoffs after wow. losing to a uh to three concussions this season unfortunate for him and the bills having one of the great sports moments uh last week after demar hamlin uh and that situation happened the whole uh country obviously being very um you know emotional about this whole thing and to return the kickoff in the first game that they played man Mm. sports it gets you uh feels like a team of destiny i'm going bills easy this one First, Skylar Thompson. Yeah, Bills are awesome. Dolphins also are two yeah. lists. The Skylar Thompson. And also, Teddy Woodrow is not even playing. Skylar Thompson's the guy. So, yikes. Dolphins, thanks for making the playoffs. You can also exit the playoffs. Yep. Very Ravens, Bengals. Next up, um, Bengals. <laughs> mm. Bengals that quick? Is it just because Lamar's out? Uh, that and I, I think the I think the AFC is a tier of three teams. It's the Chiefs, it's the Bills, it's the Bengals. I think they are the three best teams yep. by far. I think the Ravens, uh, whatever's going on with Lamar, it's weird. I if he's healthy, he hasn't played in a while. I just I, in practice yeah, so. or played in six weeks. Yeah, I'm going Bengals. I mean, kind of like last year, they they turned it on yeah. last month of the season. They're hot. They're and good. Joey B's got that confidence, man, Bengals. where he's just like, yeah, yeah. Do you hear him say, "My to window the windows, the windows me, the windows me." <laughs> if I'm here, we yeah. get a window. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, easy one. And this is a fun one to me: the Chargers versus the Jags. Yeah. Arley, a season. He he believed in Urban Meyer too much. Um, uh, if he would have just waited, he was too early he on. Just the waited uh, a year, he would got those all those Jaguars bets right. But the Chargers versus the Jags, uh, who do you got in this one? I'm curious. <laughs> this was I tough. <laughs> I want the Jags because I I guess I mean the Chargers are the more fun team. They're also just like so snake bitten. They tried to play guys last week. They got hurt again. Like that was yeah. stupid of Brandon Staley to play some of those guys. Obviously, like Justin Herbert's awesome, but I like the Chargers lose. They're in the same yeah. boat as the Cowboys. I was like, just about Brandon to say, like fired. these are two teams that are probably high up on the Sean Payton sweepstakes. That whoever loses is yeah. probably like, do we cut bait now and do we go get Sean Payton because. But like the Jags, I mean, yeah, they've been hot. And then last week they kind of stunk it up against the Titans, pulled it off thanks to the defense. But like, mm, I don't know. I'm going to go Jags upset. Yeah, I'm going to go Jags. I feel like the Chargers will do some, they'll charger it up. Like, they'll charger Charger it up. up. And the Jags will somehow win. Um, that's just how I'm feeling. And, and that crowd's going to be pretty crazy in Jacksonville, um, for that home game. Um, so, I mean, it'll be, it'll be a fun week of football. Uh, first weekend of the playoffs is always very fun. Um, so looking forward to these matchups and some upsets and whatnot, but thought we'd go ahead and just kind of pick those games and we'll kind of keep up with whatever our records are, 
uh, pick games each week as the playoffs unfold. But that's all we've got for y'all this week. Dustin, you good? He's good. I'm good so. man. Hang in there, basketball fans. Keep supporting. Uh, Criticism, as we tweeted last night, criticism does not mean that you are not a fan. Oh, I will fight people if it comes to it. It just means if we're able to criticize and support, we're a better fan than you are. That's what that means. (laughs) I agree. Uh, But that'll do it for us this week here at Tailgate Talks. Remember... Five stars for the tailgate. Five stars, Apple and Spotify. Write us those reviews if you listen to us on Apple. Also, give our social media accounts a follow. Our Twitter account keeps getting more followers by the day. We're getting up there. We're getting close to 600. Go give us a follow at tailgate underscore talks. We also have Instagram and Facebook. And give that YouTube channel a follow. We're posting videos from each week's episode. Uh, We'll have some interesting basketball content to post this week. So subscribe to the channel uh, to get notified of any time we drop a video there. Thanks for hanging out with us at this week's tailgate. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate.